Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. Delighted to say that we are joined by Tom Christensen, uh, the man for whom, well, he just makes Le Mans look really easy as an endurance race. Uh, talking to Tom about his life in motor racing and his new book, which is called Mr. Le Mans, Tom Christensen, uh, written with Dan Philipson and a couple of UK journals with chapters in there. Tom, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on the Radio Show Limited network of, of channels. Um, how are you? Thank you very much. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm fine. In, uh, I'm very, very good. Thank you, John. Tom, I can only imagine how much debate went in to the title of the book. Because I know you allowed Jackie Hicks to call you Mr. Lamont, but you've always said it's, it's a team thing, it's a other driver thing. So how much discussion went on just even before you got anywhere further than the title of this weighty tome? Um, yeah, I mean, the Danish edition, which is uh, only half, uh, I mean, I think this is a bit more than 400 pages. Uh, and um, the Danish edition is probably 270. And that one is called Onward. And that was kind of a word which my dad was always saying. And when we are reflecting on, on uh, let's say, things in generally, a bad race or a bad soccer match or whatever, let's just get on with things. That was sort of his word. And, and that was uh, the title of that book. But um, Dan wanted certainly also this book to be a bit more reflecting on more on my career and a little bit less than just on me as a person, as the main, uh, the Danish book uh, did. I'm probably a bit more household name here in, in, in this side of town. Uh, and in that sense, um, he said it has to be named uh, Mr. Le Mans because that's what other people uh, call you. Uh, and uh, the debate took the debate took uh, quite some time, and uh, we swallowed. And the next time, it was already on the uh, let's say the dossier, and it was already on the. So, I um, I accepted that, but of course, also with a kind of pride, and also the thing that the three people who contribute, apart from Dan, to the book: um, uh, Niels Finnerup, uh, Charles Bradley, Gary Watkins. And also Dr. Ulrich, his forward. I have not been able to change anything in uh, that at all. Uh, I gave my feedback and he said, thank you. And I think there was, I think Niels had one test, which was probably at the wrong place. That's the only thing which is, is, is changed. And that also goes to say about the, the title of the book. Who decided on the format of the book? It, it's a biography. It, it, it's, it tells about the trials and tribulations as well as the triumphs of, of you going way back to your your karting days and, in fact, before that as well. 
when, and when I say the format of the boot, I don't mean how many pages and where the pictures were, because for those of you who haven't read it, and I, I strongly suspect you do, I read it in one sitting. It is fascinating and just draws you in. To me, Tom, it almost reads like the screenplay for a documentary because I'm hearing different voices through, even sometimes in the same chapter, the sum of your own words, the sum of Dan's words, the sum of other people's words. And it's almost in my head, I could hear you saying those words and see you talking about it. And then other people's reminiscences and the history came in as well. It's a different way of doing it. I think it's an excellent way of doing it. Whose idea was that? Uh, it's um, it's clearly Dan's, as he has been uh, editing the book, and I would say uh, probably more in, in, in from the Danish book, where he has decided it uh, from the, the discussions we had or the explaining we had, but he was very much down. The first, the Danish book, it's not about the motorsport, it's about you and the people around you. So I gave him access to a lot of um, people close to me and he chose whoever he wanted to talk to. And then that that gave the, the fundament to the talks we had. And then, of course, you I suggested then going into the English book that we need to add some more racing to it. And these are then the persons who have done that. And at the end of the day, it's him uh, structuring uh, the book in that sense. So I'm very happy to hear uh, what you just said, because to me, it's just my story. So I'm not saying I'm certainly not, I'm not saying I'm tired of it, but I'm proud of it, whatever, but it, it is my story. And I, I, I just wanted it as a complete, there's many people who probably think of my golden years at, at Le Mans or in sports car racing. But of course the book is much more about that. It's certainly also about my parents. It's about my family and it's about who uh, gave me uh, uh, the chances uh, throughout my career. I love the people aspect of it, Tom. That was one thing that that really drew me in and conjuring, conjuring up these mental images of you talking and the pictures I thought came at the right spot within the text and that added some colour uh, and some context to things quite clearly and you mentioned Onward, which was something your dad said, your relationship with your dad, um, it, it's it's right there, and it runs right through this book. Your dad, no longer with you, um, really made me sit up and take notice. Fabulous relationship that you had had with your father. That Was that easy or difficult to get into the book in the right way? Um, but they, they, they are, I'm the, uh, that is, um, of course, the Dan and particularly also or, or Dan and Niels who who very much touched on on on, on these times. But it is difficult, but because there's a lot of uh, love. But I would say my my relationship relationship to my dad was was many times difficult in that sense as well. He was he was he was hard at me, but at the same time, I knew that when you know you 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 do well, I. I I also knew how proud of of me he, he was, even though he would tell me the complete opposite. But that was kind of the the the, the play of that that chemistry with with parents, I guess. Um, but my dad and my mom were very very two very different uh, uh, very different people in that sense. But I would say my dad was hard on me. But after he uh, he passed away, racing. 
lost a lot for me as well. It was a lot of this that I didn't get the proper feedback uh, in in many ways. Um, so that's also part of my reason to at at one stage to to stop racing. I I recognise, and I think any any son who's uh, had. Uh, a father who takes an interest in, in what their son is doing will recognise some of the passages that uh, and the interaction between you and your father, both the good things and the bad things. Big critic, but often behind the scenes, a big supporter. And that really struck a chord with me there, Tom. The, the process of putting this together, this book, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, you said that that Dan took the Danish book and, and, and moved it forward and you wanted to move move it forward. How long does it take to do something as 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 big and as expansive as this book clearly is? It takes for me uh, it takes much longer than you uh, than, than you think. I mean uh, Dan many times uh, clearly are frustrated with also with me wanting to have, uh, um, let's say, the right pictures, the right wording on the, uh, the, let's say, below the pictures, the right person to contribute in many ways. So it's a, it's a, it's a long process. But the, the initial Danish book, I don't know how long it took, but I think it must be, it must be nearly a year, I think, he, uh, he worked with it. And then going into the... Uh, to the English book, it must have been, I don't know, probably six, seven months again, probably like that. I, I don't know. It, it took a long time uh, and, and, and he was fully on it, of course. How, how difficult was it for you in some ways to relinquish control on this? I've worked with you before. I know we've done presentations together. I know how much you prepare. I know how much you enjoy controlling as many things as you possibly can. Did you have to, in some ways, let go to get this book, get this project underway? And and was that easy to do for you? I would not say I would not say easy, but it was also that was clearly put up in front in many ways that um, I would like a bit more racing in it. So yes, the three contributing journalists, uh, including the foreword of Dr. Ulrich, uh, surely I didn't see before the the, the book was ready to uh, was ready to print. Um, but I think what made it easy is I'm a retired racing driver. I could imagine that it was always as a racing driver. It means that whatever you do. It's on you are on the journey, you're on the course, and whatever you do will have an impact on 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 how you uh, you obviously are, are going forward in a very competitive environment. And I think here it, it became quite, let's say, it's sort of done and dusted. Um, he feel free to speak to everyone around me, and and of course, with this information, when we talk, sat down to do the interview, there was, of course, surprising. Um, uh, things, let's say, on how other thing, other people have have seen it or felt it, uh, which didn't necessarily uh, cling in in my uh, in my imagination on how things have has gone forward, which uh, which is which which can be quite frightening or can be quite interesting, and I I would say that certainly was an eye opener at at, at times, absolutely. Uh, th- there's. 
so much from that I enjoyed in the book. So much. I I, I think I I know you a little bit. Um, and we've spent you, a lot of our working lives know. together. Sure. Uh, and and yet there were passages that that stuck out to me that were just so brilliant. One of the things, I think it was on page one twenty nine from memory. Let me pick it out. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Le Mans here, and you said it's like you'd never done talking about the race, which can be seen, felt, and experienced in wildly different ways. I enjoy listening to spectators' experience of the races I've driven in. They usually get something out of it that I haven't. These conversations most often reveal we've experienced the race differently while imbibing the same atmosphere, smelling the same motor oil, having a wonderful time. That's why the race, Le Mans, gets to the very soul of those who are there. I see 2,000 things from my car that others just don't see. Conversely, people surrounding the track and in the pit have totally different points of view. Together, it makes Le Mans 24 hours a collective adventure. I love that, a collective adventure where anything can happen. Tom, you're not just a great motor racing driver. That's philosophy, that, mate. I mean, that is a, such a distillation of nearly 100 years of history. I've got goosebumps on my arms looking at you, mm. reading your mm. words there. How important was it for you to, to pass, to get those words, to pass those feelings over? Very important. I mean, because, I mean, as you know, my, my, my brother runs a campsite. You are running Radio Le Mans. Uh, television is broadcasters also to all around the world. And, 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 and it's true that at stages when you meet other people, they would say, I, I've been to the races that year. And that year, oh, that was la 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 la. That was then when this and this happened. They said, uh, ah, really? Ah, yeah, yeah, that's true. But also this and this happened. And I said, well, I, don't, I didn't know. You know, it, it, this is uh, the, the, that start of um, that's ignited that uh, that feeling, uh, and 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 of course the thing is always everyone is traveling from around the world to Le Mans. Uh, first time you are there, you are there with your dad. Or the next time you bring your daughter or your son, and uh, and your friends. And in that sense, it's it it is just creating uh, an incredibly let's say mecca. Of um, of of a family universe from the from what let's say at least one of the people's highest or biggest passion. It's interesting you say that because all the research that's been done down through the years, almost everybody says the first time that they go to Le Mans, they go with a friend or a family member. Um, they're taken there to 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 share in that experience. You've been part of other big races as well, though, in the States, Sebring, Petit Le Mans, etc. Is, is it the same there, or is Le Mans uniquely different in, in that atmosphere, that collective experience that you were talking about there? There's, a, I mean, you make me touch on Sebring. Sebring 12 hours, it's a fantastic event as well, but, but it's in America. I mean that that's completely different on the instead it's not the let's say the you know in 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 France there's a bit less humor there's a bit more earnest there's a bit more uh, let's say um control of in many ways but the race uh, Le Mans is the most important you know that worldwide 
But when you are in Sebring, you you the, you cannot do Sebring without having that enjoyment. It's a thing like you when you grow up as a, as a teenager, you're watching movies from America. So when we coming from my uh, my area, when you come to America, it's it's always already uh, a very a very special place to go to. It's a kind of it's from your childhood the the sense of uh, atmosphere the 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 wording the language the dialects the the way people sort of behave and then you when you go into the circuit when you go into the fans uh, and then the time of year of course St Patrick days is very much close to the race and when you add that all together uh, Sebring uh, becomes a a wonderful uh, event uh, too and that that's just very very different but from being in a racing car, the circuit is also incredibly different. And both places, the speed at Le Mans, the, the night in particular, it's also dark at Sebring. You have the different kind of tarmac. It's very bumpy. And uh, the barrier is even closer on the shorter track. But it's, it's it, it just as a driver, it, it, you have to be incredibly um, combination of, of focused, brave, and... Um, and, 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 and kind of aggressive. Tom, when you look back on your career, and this book, I think, brings this out, it's not been straight lines, has it? Um, you've, you've gone no. over here a bit, and then, oh, no, hang on, turn around, let's go back down there and wind, wind up this, this road. I, there's, there's been a lot of fighting in there. I, when I, I, mean, I don't mean physically fighting. There's been a lot of challenges for you. Yeah. No, but I think in any young racing driver is uh, is seeing uh, is difficult to see your path. You cannot. I, there's not many drivers uh, who has had a, a completely trouble-free straight path, and uh, particularly when you are um, when you or in, in those in those years, you 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 have to go where the opportunity is, as you couldn't. I mean budget or money would would sometimes help breaking down the barriers and uh, i've never had any of any of that so it was very much the human element the people the contact the the networking the knowledge of respecting other people and uh, always trying to do an extra call or do an extra telefax or uh, as, as it was back in the in in those early days um, even letters, of course, written, handwritten on your um, uh, at home. This was very important, and um, and definitely there has been closed doors along the way. Uh, small step forward, uh, suddenly you stumble and you're three steps down. Yeah. But then you prefer yeah. to go and 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 do it uh, do it again because you have smelled to it uh, where you would like to get. So I don't know. Uh, it can look like I have been blind, uh, but um, trying to find my way. But nevertheless, I think it's also all part of um, of what you what you live, what you have of experiences. That is always going to help you when you have tried very hard along the way. It's going to help you when you have the the troubled time. That's how I feel it. When you look back now, how do you feel about not getting to Formula One? I know it would have been different if I'd asked you that question in the middle of your career, but but now when you look back, is it was that as big a deal as as you probably thought it was at the time? 
I'm 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 at ease with it. I mean, Formula One was the the, the dream because when I won the the, the small uh, club championship in Mo when I was uh, 11 years old, people said, "Oh, he's doing good, that little boy. He can make it to Formula One." Ever since you hear that, and that's the kind of let's say the traditional journalist, the way they look at motorsport, and um, and so in that was already planted in my in my mind that I. Uh, I would love to to go there. So yes, along the way of being, uh, of, of 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 being of trying very hard. I mean, that was uh, very much um, an ambition, and uh, that ambition, of course, created the passion I have for for sport and helped pave the way along along the whole time. But I'm at ease with it. And the book also, when you ask the different journalists, uh, particularly around the versatile years from Charles Bradley or Niels in the early years. Uh, the Formula One is reflecting on all of the things where the, the, the door were, were always uh, kind of either very thin or the doors were left open. So I could hear what was going on. And I was so close to get in, in a way, several times. But many times it was then just at the very end. It was smacked uh, in my face anyway. But it created that uh, passion, ambition all the way. And, and I would say the Michelin testing with the two F1 teams of, uh, of Williams and then uh, Stuart Jaguar, Ford. Uh, that was proper. And all the miles I did there was very helpful and also creating my own mindset. Yeah, nobody watched it, nobody saw it, but I, uh, I definitely uh, had a great time from that. And that put it sort of in my memory of, uh, of giving me a good mental um, um, strength going forward with, with, with where people um, needed me or, or wanted me to be. You mentioned that first championship, that first ra- the first race win you remember as well. Is that what, for those people who haven't read the book, you know, is that what set you on the road? Had you always wanted to be a, a, a racing driver in some way, running the family. Y- y- your dad raced uh, as well. But, I mean, I've seen you play football, soccer, for our American listeners. Um, you're a very, you are a very good soccer player still. And you were very good when you were a, a youngster as well. Yeah, I like the team aspect of that. And I, I, I certainly like uh, soccer. Um, I still play today with the, with the old, old, old guys. I mean, uh, and, 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 and enjoy that once, uh, once a week. Or even now when we open again, we will be, be twice a week because we, we, I, I enjoy that. But, but still, motorsporting, motorsport has always been where I would love to go. There was, of course, these three years or or at least a thousand days where I was not committed to anything in racing. And that's also described in the book where I played more soccer than ever. And that's about very much um, at the end of my teens. And uh, by doing that, I became better at soccer at that time. And, and there were some opportunities there as well. But, um, but as the book well described, there was one a very clever man from karting, Alan, who, um, who, uh, who couldn't care less about uh, and uh, and helped me from the let's say the soccer and gave me uh, a, a proper a proper opportunity in karting and um, from then on it was not looking back. You mention you mention all the way through the book the people the people. Um, yes, there's plenty about racing. I think what will be really interesting uh, to anyone that reads uh, Mister Lamont uh, Tom Christensen's story is 
how much depth you go into about these people down the way. And, and that reflects, doesn't it, actually, where where you where we know you best from which is endurance racing which is absolutely a team in that you have two or three people in the car sure. you 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 have recognized immediately i think in your career that building relationships with people is important and you've recognized that some of those people in the book how important was it for you tom christensen to get that part of your story over which is also part effectively of other people's story too yeah, it, 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 it's very important, but of course it comes natural from, and it's also uh, discovered from, from Dan, of course, because uh, uh, doing these interviews, I mean, it's clearly that you depend uh, so much on, on this atmosphere you create. And, and of course you have people who have to be incredibly focused on and trying to do the best and you have to cre- create this environment together and if it's from the different teams i draw of course the, the um there that depends on the the, the leader of the team it uh, the, the 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 team owner the team manager the team boss uh, and they have a lot of responsibility in that sense and um and of course the different places i draw it was always very important to recognize how that there's always competition. Of course, there's competition. You want to be be good. You want to be best. But you have always to realize how can we be collectively good and and help each other doing that well. And that, that that's of course very important, particularly in in endurance racing. So the pressure you put on people should of course uh, not be uh, be fear. And uh, I think that is a kind of a, there's always a, let's say a thin line how you do that, but. Um, but but if you always feel you have uh, when you are the weakest link when you are having issues um it's very important that that the focus from the entire team are helpful in 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 in, in those directions you actually used a word earlier on in reference to the formula 1 tire testing with michelin you said proper and and when you say proper you mean in a very big sense of the word. And that's something that comes out in a lot of the stories that are told in the book. When you get into an environment that you think, right, these guys know what they're doing. And and I think I can make even a difference to that. I want to be here. Is that something you've always been able to identify, Tom? No, no, I, not always. I, I mean, that's very helpful for the people who is close to me as well. I mean, they can, uh, I mean, very simple thing. I mean, today I'm still, if, if, if people manage to maybe to recognize me today without being shaven or whatever, if I'm walking and there's a person who recognized me, my, my children tend to walk a little bit behind me sometimes because they hear all the comments from people in that case. And many times, I mean, they will ask me to maybe to stop if I need to, let's say to, to contribute with a conversation or, or, or things like that. I don't know how to sort of to explain it, but of course that's a very simple thing. But in general, if I have not acknowledged somebody who has done a good job, it, it may be uh, the worst thing you can do is leaving a car, jumping out of a car frustrated from whatever you, you have experienced and, and, and leaving the garage without uh, having the small talk with the, uh, with the team going out. That That's a, a no go. 
And uh, many times you can say that's not necessarily coming from myself. But then I have had good people in the pit who would say, hey, Tom, you need to come back. So in that sense, yes, you learn, but you learn uh, collectively. And uh, and that's important. And from my very first Le Mans in 97 with uh, Stefan Johansson and, and Michele Alboreto, I couldn't wish for any better to to start my, my first when I came as a youngster and they were of course, experienced uh, Formula One uh, drivers and, and, and joining them. And particularly Michele, who knew the car best and the, the, and, and was very much the going forward with, with that. I, I learned so much um, during that week that I probably have done an entire year at school just in the way of, 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 of being able to be given so much faith without being giving the pressure. I had a lot of pressure from myself. I had a lot of pressure from uh, the adrenaline of, of, of being able to see that there is an opportunity here. I need to do well. But the way that they gave me the support to say that they love being with me, that's something I will never forget from them. And in many ways, Michaela, the true gentleman in that, is, 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 is something I, I, I cannot speak enough about. That deal... That Le Mans deal came together very, very quickly and at very, very late notice. I spoke with Gary Watkins uh, about this and, and he remembers calling you when you were on your way to Yost and lost in the fog. You actually hadn't got there yet. This this young Danish single-seater superstar was going to Le Mans and, my goodness, you, t- you took that chance. But that came together almost in a... In a heartbeat, Tom, did you have to think very long about that? It changed, it probably changed your life. You couldn't have known that then. How long did you think about that when that offer came in? No, very, I was was playing tennis. I got the call and then uh, this is late or uh, just before um, uh, daylight is over on Wednesday and on Friday morning, I flew down to Waldmischelbach and drove then to uh, towards there and when i got the call from on one of these uh, we just i think we just literally i got my first mobile phone a, a year or so to before that it had an antenna on it so it was uh, yeah i was um, and 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 he had sniffed that i was uh, uh, i was going there but i hadn't signed the contract or anything yet i was just heading down to to meet uh, uh, Reinhold Jöst, Ralf Jüttner, and the team actually had left. The, the, the truck had left for Le Mans on the previous day, so there was not much there. So um, I, um, it was a wise decision, but very instinctively, and it's about opportunities, and it's about what you said before. I mean, you need to uh, say yes and go for it whenever, and this was certainly one of these which was a step up and not a step down. You almost could have gone to Le Mans before that, Tom, really, with your connections with Toyota. And, and you drove that uh, TSO 1.0, uh, the, the Group C car. You, you could have gone to Le Mans beforehand. Uh, yes, but I didn't get the the, the opportunity. I um, uh, I drove the car with one race with Eddie Irvine and, and Jacques Villeneuve at, at the Mina, the last final round of, of the of the Group C. And then, yeah, suddenly after Group C was closed, there was new uh, regulations. And um, so Toyota um, abandoned that their, their plans at that time. But I got some experience driving it. And that, that helped me when I eventually 
got the got the drive in with Joost. Should be mentioned that uh, Tom set a new lap record uh, about three or four laps in a row in the middle of the night while he was doing a quadruple stint uh, in that uh, that Joost car at Le Mans that year. Um, that was an extraordinary event in your life. At the time, of course, you can't know that is going to make such a big change, Tom. D- but did it at least open your eyes to possibilities away from Formula One that would keep you in motor racing without having to follow that single seat dream? It, 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 I mean, the focus on, on, on driving that in, 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 in that week, I mean... There was it was very dark at night. The lights uh, the, 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 on the cars um, were headlights were not as ad- advanced that they were in the end of my career. There was no floodlights. The the the, the circuit was very much uh, close to the, the the gravel beds and barriers. There's a lot of things which has um, uh, has did developed since then. And driving an open car, hedge pattern gearbox, right hand drive, open cockpit, no power steering. It was very different. So it was. I, I've just been very, let's say, grateful to drive three uh, three decades uh, at, at at Le Mans. But back then, that entire focus was on on driving that that Porsche around the the track and not making any mistakes, not letting anyone down who had given me this opportunity, and um, and that was uh, by far more important than anything else. Um, so it was just after a couple of seasons. Um, of course, after Le Mans there, I, uh, winning, I suddenly had four opportunities from major manufacturers to go forward, which I never had uh, sort of before that. So th- that was, of course, also a challenge. But joining BMW, that was sort of a half um, way of saying, all right, I can also with them go both places. I can stay and do Le Mans, but on the other hand, BMW is looking at going to uh, to Formula One, and that was kind of a, a decision which sort of had a um, uh, a chance of of going both ways, and that was the decision made on, on with those grounds. It's Tom Christensen uh, with us here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We're talking about Mr. Le Mans, the new biography. Uh, available in the UK from the uh, early part of March. And we'll have all the details for you on our website. But you can go to Everill Publishing as well to uh, see the special editions, including some signed editions of the book available there uh, as well. Uh, with a book called Mr. Le Mans, obviously we, we're going to have to talk about the 24-hour race, Tom. But I, I just want to finish this part of our conversation uh, on the F1 side of things, when did you realise you were going to have to let the F1 driving dream go? When did you have to set that free? Yeah, I, I mean, it was probably, uh, it's around that time, early notice, uh, of course, probably mid notice towards mid notice. There was some, um, there was some, I mean, there was even some contacts after that. After my seventh win with, with the champion racing, there was still some possibilities. But I would say at that time, I, I probably started to, to focus entirely on sports car racing. Even after our win in 2008, can you believe it? But of course, I'm way too... I'm, I'm, I'm over the time. 
in terms of um, of age going towards that. But then again, um, I was of course disappointed a little bit at that round with 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 Williams. There was the the Jaguar. The Jaguar, unfortunately, just they changed uh, uh, team bosses more often than they they changed tires at at one stage. Uh, so it was very difficult to get the networking uh, correct uh, at, at at that point, and that also uh, I ran a little bit tired of of that, um, and and I really enjoyed what I felt and had, particularly with Audi and Dr. Ulrich. I mean, you didn't need to to have everything written down. It was a uh, it was an environment and family um, adventure, which uh, which I've. Uh, very much was very proud of being being part of with the other drivers too, and we, and we got to see an awful lot of that at race tracks uh, in Europe and and further afield, and particularly in the the LMS years. And and some of our listeners would have too with things like Truth in Twenty Four, which was a completely new way to see motor racing and see the way the relationships uh, developed between you and and people like uh, Dr Ulrich and uh, Howden Haynes, your engineer. Very, very yeah. interesting. Um, and following some of the themes, actually, uh, in in the book as well, Tom. Um, you've often said to me that trying to pick your favourite race win, even a race as big as Le Mans, is, is like trying to pick your favourite child. Uh, you've got quite a lot to pick from. Um, I have to say, I think your two outings with Team Gore and, and Champion, um, I kind of look at those for different reasons, um, just because they were private semi-works or private private teams. Is there one that you're particularly more happy with, pleased about, you feel as though it was just a job slightly better, well, slightly more well done than the, than another one? No, I, I, uh, I like to talk um, all the wins up in many ways, but uh, I definitely... Um, I, I definitely believe that nobody could see us winning in 2008. And of course, in that sense, uh, it, it is very easily with a team, the, my teammates, to, 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 to pick that one as the, the, the best win ever. Um, when you go personally into how you happy you were with your driving, how happy you were with the, in terms of the feedback, in terms of setting up the car in many ways, Clearly, the, the 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 team goal. We were we were we were we were doing we were doing well, um, but without the first one and being me being able to gel so well with with, with Stefan and Michele, you know that put the fundament from from all the others, and uh, and still uh, also you can say how unlucky uh, if you if you were on, on from my household. In 1999 with BMW, or in um, 2007 with Dindo losing the wheel with uh, with, an, uh, with more than a three lap lead, we could, if we just had known, it would be easy to to um, to tie a wheel, uh, tighten a wheel, optimal again, and then um, of course leading with um, when Alan when when the disability caught. Uh, Caught out with 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 a Ferrari, which uh, mm-hmm. couldn't see him, and unfortunately he couldn't see uh, the Ferrari as, as as he was just coming around the outside with Timo Bernard. So these three from the from the lead could 
very easily and possibly have been um, three good victories as well. And that's without mentioning myself when I uh, had uh, the, the unfortunate, uh, let's say, misunderstanding with uh, with the BMW, with uh, Andy Prio, who I have just been around the track with uh, uh, the day before, um, giving him his rookie uh, sort of ideas about the track. And that's... <laughs> That is kind of um, too bad to end in the in the gravel trap on the, on a race, which was also. A, but that's that's Le Mans, and you have to respect all of that. You have to respect all the, the 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 tough times, the 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 mistakes, which which unfortunately can happen very very easily. I, I think it's interesting you, you mentioned two thousand and eight. That was the the diesel, of course, and and that car was not fancied. Similarly, actually, the Team Go car wasn't the favoured car uh, that year either. But it was Peugeot's year in 2008. That's what everybody was saying. Is that what picks that out? That you were in some ways against the odds. Nobody takes anything for granted at Le Mans. You say Le Mans decides. Nothing else does. But when you're up against the odds and you do get a good result, does that, is that why that made 2008 that wee bit more special? Uh, yeah, but you were never in. You were never in control as well. The race was incredible. You could never be able to sort of. Uh, it was constantly changing forward and backwards. Without the rain, uh, you could say we would uh, clearly not have won. But we knew there would be a bit of rain. Then there came a little bit more than we expected. But the uh, the way it it just unfolded, it was that we knew during the drive periods where they were superior, where people would uh, probably look up uh, towards the heaven, looking at the, at our performance. We were doing as fast as we could. We knew that there would come rain. So they actually, we looked at it more than we, we, we had to make sure we do everything in the periods where we were not superior, because that will, that will, um, that will make our performance better. So pit stops, the way we, 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 we ran the car, we had to extend the stint. So if if we at times could do another lap, we would definitely try to lift off and coast a little bit, try to do that extra bit, and we would get the feedback if uh, that was faster. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. And, and we were constantly uh, trying to optimize our performances. I think about 2003 as well, Tom. Tom Christensen, Bentley boy. Um, I well remember the party at the Savoy uh, after Le Mans and one of my prized possessions still. Um, and I think the statute of limitations has run out on this. I've got a photograph with you, Dindo and Guy. Uh, I've got yeah. some Bentley logos that the guys at Bentley gave me. I have the menu from the night, which I got everyone to sign. Um, and I have, don't tell anybody, I have got a napkin with the Savoy logo on, which I got you guys to sign. And they're all in a frame in the hall downstairs. Uh, One of my really prized possessions. That was an extraordinary year as well, uh, to to take that great mark back to Le Mans and and to win. Uh, And again, perhaps maybe, I won't say luck, because I know what you and McNish think about luck, but maybe fortune went your way because it, Again, yours wasn't the car that was favoured that year. Yeah, I don't know. We 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 were definitely after the pre-test. We were we were doing well, and we we believed that we could uh, we could win. 
the 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 Achilles heel was the the narrow tires on the on the from Michelin on on the Bentley. The car was um, compared to the Audi, which Dindu and myself came from, was uh, was very uh, very balanced and also at high speeds corner. The the car was pretty aggressive, and uh, we had to take uh, take good care of that. But after that, we were we were strong, and we were of course cooking in the car. So we wanted to try to extend the the the, the tires, so to do more stints on the tires became uh, then what what helped us um doing a very um, a very strong race and and of course winning with Bentley was one of my the most elegant race car that I've ever driven was was very was very nice and and you know you suddenly you get interviews from CNN and uh, you were also from uh, Vietnam uh, a newspaper from Vietnam and all these uh, British heritage of the the colonies in many ways was you realize that yeah certainly Le Mans is big worldwide but when you're doing it with a with a British uh, noble car manufacturer it was uh, incredibly uh, different and good and the car still looks as elegant as it ever did I was before lockdown I was up at Bentley Motorsports on uh, a day where they were firing um, up those cars uh, and giving getting them up to temperature and it still looks and sounds fantastic it looked so good it could roll out today and it wouldn't look out of place beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful car Tom we, we're coming to the, the end of our chat with you so thank you very much very very much for all the time y- you've given us um, I, I want to just return to uh, current day um, you still do some driving in classic events could anything tempt you back? It looks like we're getting another good uh, look to top-class uh, endurance motor racing with Hypercar and LM, LMDH, um, particularly with LMDH. I like the look of those cars. A lot of private interest there as well. Would that tempt you back? Yeah, but I mean, no, I, I'm very, I'm very happy, happily retired for sure. But I, I see the same that all the manufacturers are are coming back targeting 2023 20, 100 years anniversary of the 24th of Le Mans. That's great and it's great to see board members are really getting excited without having uh, having coffees and uh, and I think they're all uh, kind of looking to to share some champagne and uh, that is um, is something which uh, we are all excited about and me sometimes obviously helping out with commentary. I uh, I, I look forward to to see how that's going to unfold in, in 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 future. You're still very much linked with Audi, of course. Uh, Audi have got one of those programs. They've also got this intriguing for me Dakar Rally program with a range extended electric vehicle. Now that's something very different. What about that then? Come on, you could come back for that, Tom. I want I want to see that helmet colour back again. If my dad would be alive, he would certainly, uh, as he did Perry Dakar, uh, he would he 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 would certainly uh, try to do the the similar. I know that you and him uh, spoke a lot about the rallycross uh, days when he did as well. But I think it's a it's 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 a very interesting and and very surprisingly uh, program to to many. But obviously, it, it makes sense when you look at how many SUVs you you are still trying to, um, let's say, optimize towards the uh, the 
let's say the the mobility going forward, e-mobility, hydrogen, everything the world are looking at uh, to to make it more sustainable. But um, but Paris Dakar, it's something which I'm brought up with, but um, but Le Mans in particular is something I'm very happy to see that uh, that Audi is coming back to. But of course with Ferrari, Peugeot, Toyota still there. Um, and Porsche coming coming back as well is something which is very interesting. And others, as I hear, mm. are still uh, coming to fill the gaps. Maybe we get you running one car and McNish running the other. You see that now that would be that would be really <laughs> that would be really interesting. Yeah. But bizarrely, when we're talking with Tom Christensen, um, Mister Lamont is the book. By the way, I want to finish off with Formula One. Oddly. Because I know one of the things you're very proud of is the fact that you're involved with Formula One now. Obviously, with the role that you have in in race control and with driving standards and with the stewards, that's that's something that I know has made you very very proud. No, I don't, I'm proud. I mean, it, it's certainly you when you are asked to do very important uh, things. Uh, like that with the FIA, Sean Todd called me also in terms of of doing the drivers' commissions, where we are very much advising, let's say, other other parts of, of the motorsport, being the safety commission, circuit commission, single seater commission, endurance commission, all these things where we are trying to to say see racing going forward. Uh, being in the stewards' room, of course, makes you very earnest. You're trying to do the best for the sport, but also what is very much correct for the sport. And there, in, in, in we, we definitely need to have a good, uh, fair uh, eye on, on, on things. So I'm not saying proud. It can also make me frustrated. It can also make me, uh, let's say, um, you know, you, 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 you very much try to do what is uh, the best uh, and most correct for, uh, for the sport. So it definitely takes you and fills you with adrenaline, uh, the few times when I'm when I'm in the in the stewards' room, at the same time, sometimes I'm in the commentary booth, which is also, as you know, creating a lot of adrenaline and a lot of passion for um, for the sports which we love. Tom, you've given so many people so much pleasure down the years. Me, one of them. You've always been a true gentleman, um, even when times have been very tough. Very tough indeed, and I, and I deliberately didn't want to talk about some of the worst times that we've been through in, in our sport. You've given of your time today. Thank you very much indeed. Can't wait to see you again in person and share some more chats, but hopefully with the sound of race cars behind us at a racing circuit. Tom Christensen, Mr. Lamont, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, John. It's a real pleasure, as always. Thank you. And to everyone out there, see you. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.